The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. What's up, all my BBW, you barrier-breaking women? It's your girl, AJ Andrews, back with another episode. I am so excited about this episode. Gonna dive into that a little bit, but first, my mellow win for this week. How, you girl, was mellow winning in her melanin? I honestly, this week, just learned how to let go and let flow. And it honestly was sparked by putting on some Tony Braxton, Let Go, the song where she talks about let go, let flow. And it just really, I caught a vibe. And it got me thinking about how in my life, there's so many things that I try to control. So many things that I try to make happen or force to happen. When in reality, if I were to just let it go, it would come to me naturally. And I started thinking about my process where I journal and my manifestations. And I began to say the affirmation, let go. What is for me is on its way to me or it already belongs to me. And I think that once I began to really realize that, that I am everything that I want, the goals that I'm looking to seek, I have to say it in present tense as if I am already living that. I'm already achieving that so that I can become it. And when I become it, I don't have to force it or worry. One of my favorite quotes is, can you do something about it? No. Then why worry? Can you do something about it? Yes. Then why worry? Either way, let go, let flow. What is supposed to be is going to be. That is a mellow win that has gotten rid of a lot of stress and allowed me to continue to move forward toward my purpose without worrying about the end result and knowing that what is supposed to happen will happen. Speaking of manifestation, my next guest on this episode is a NASCAR phenom who talks about how she has manifested so much of her success in becoming the very first Arab American NASCAR female driver. She is absolutely phenomenal. So excited for you guys to listen to this next episode and we'll check you BBWs later. Today, I am talking with a racing phenom, Tony Bridinger, who made history as the first Arab American female driver to compete in a NASCAR national series. And she's also a 19 time, 19 time, you heard that right, United States Auto Club race winner, the most ever for a woman, and debuted in the top 10 at Madison International Speedway and ARCA Menards in 2018. She's also gorgeous and is a model tony hey girl oh my gosh you hyped me up so much you're so sweet i'm so happy (laughs) to be on right now (laughs) hyped you up girl this is all you you are absolutely amazing and i am so excited to talk with you today yes i'm excited to get in it so i want to ask you i think as athletes and as people that are just always on the go i know you're on the move right now We never really take the time to celebrate our small wins, the things that we do day to day that we try to overlook because we're looking at our bigger goal. I want to ask you, how did you mellow win this week? Ooh, I mean, I would say like, I finally, like I've had like such like a crazy week. I was just like, so flustered, kind of like stressed, like very grateful for everything that's going on, but everything's just like moving so fast every day. So Today, I finally like sat by the pool, relaxed. I got a smoothie. I was like, okay, like now I'm going to like just take it all in. Just like, you know, be grateful for everything and just kind of like take a moment to just kind of appreciate everything that's going on. Oh, I love that. That was my mellow win last week where I was able to just rest. 
I feel like we never get that chance to just relax and rest. And even you just saying a smoothie, right? Taking the time to lay back. How good did that feel? It was seriously amazing. I was like, wait, like I forgot what it's like to not just be constantly like thinking and like, so like overly focused all the time. I was just like, okay, it's nice. I'm listening to music. Nobody's messaging me. I put my phone on silent. It was nice. (laughs) Put that phone on silent and you just chill. I love that. Us being athletes, on the go, as you just said, always moving, always moving. I want to get up in your business. Go for it. Tony, do you have a power song that you listen to that gets you hype before a race? I'm going to have to go with Bad Bitch by BB Rexa. I oh, girl. It. I think that's like a perfect like hype song. And yeah. I need you to sing a little bit. What's your favorite part? What What is the part that just, you know, oh, I feel gosh. like. You know, the TikTok where it's like, put your phone on power X speed and walk in front of the camera and tell me you don't feel like a bad bitch. What's your, what's your favorite part of that song? I gotta know. Probably like the chorus when she's like, bad bitch, bad bitch. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's definitely like a hype song. It just makes me feel like good and like powerful. And I think that's like the perfect kind of mindset to go into like a competition or a race with. Oh, absolutely. Just look in the mirror and just bad bitch. That's you. You are me. I am you. (laughs) What would you say is your hack when you're super busy? You have a lot to get done. What do you find helps you stay organized or stay focused as you keep going as an athlete? Oh, okay. So I used to be the worst at like time management. I used to get so like overwhelmed so easily. So every morning I have a journal, I'll write in my journal, just like have some like peace and quiet, like write down like what I'm grateful for, kind of just like what's going on, like how I'm feeling. And then also like write like my plan for the day out and my schedule. And like, I have this to-do list and I'll like put it in like prior- prioritize everything. And I feel like just writing everything out and just having like a few, like, like a half hour to yourself in the morning to like kind of get organized and all that kind of stuff just helps so much. Oh, we are one in the same. The morning I have to journal. I journal what I'm grateful for in the morning and then what it is I want to get done, not just in my day, but as long-term. And I feel like I speaking everything into existence. I love it. Exactly. No, seriously, it's changed my life. Like I know like people like that don't do it probably think it's like corny or like pointless, but I'm like, no, like I swear it's a life changing. I'm the same. I try to convince my parents. My parents sometimes, my family sometimes thinks I'm a little nutty because I'm so in a manifestation I'm so into like believing in yourself and they're just kind of like okay Jay okay I'm like all right well whatever don't change your life if you don't want to it's real it's real <laughs> do you have any race day rituals or superstitions I mean I know there's like superstitions in racing that like I don't really go by but like one of them's like never put green on a race car like people like swear by that really yeah and you can't have like this is weird but you can't eat peanuts by a race car like if you're walking around the pits eating peanuts like someone will say something to you (sighs) okay get away from my car I don't like necessarily do that but those are like kind of like the funny like racing superstitions that some people have I'm gonna be looking after that I feel like I've never now that I think about it I don't know if I've ever seen a green race car like it's kind of rare like you know every once in a while if like a sponsor's colors are green you just kind of have to roll with it but yeah Jeez. Okay. And so if you were caught with that, you would what? Just get banned. They'd be like, all right, get out of here. You're done. I think like somebody will definitely say something to you. (laughs) Stay away from that green race car. (laughs) It's so funny to think about the different superstitions and how they just are when you come up like in softball, 
you can't step on the line. It's just like, it's a, it's a thing, right? Wow. Don't step on the line. Mm-hmm. But I feel that, you know, I feel like that's something that we have, even when we were younger, remember it's kind of like step on a, the crack, you break your mama's back. Like, uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally, okay, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> what would you say is your, I call it power pony, but what do you, what, how your hair, what makes you feel good, feel confident when you're just either going to compete or just out and about? I kind of wear my hair down a lot, but I honestly love it. Just like tied up in like a low bun or like a low ponytail, just like get it like out of my face, out of the way so I can just get the job done and focus and not have it like all up in my face. Yes. Well, your hair down right now looks gorge, but the hair up, hair back, I feel you. I kind of just like, I'm going out in the field. I want to be a beast, get my hair out of the way and just go for it. That's kind of how you think when you're in the car getting ready to race. Exactly. Yeah. With racing, it's annoying. Like I just got my hair cut, which it's still like super long, but I had like the longest hair and like, I have to tuck it into my suit and like, I'm trying to like, it gets hot in there. I'm like, my hair feels gross. It's like getting caught in the zipper. I was like, no, I need to get this cut. Oh, you have to tuck it in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <gasps> just in case you catch on fire, like your hair doesn't catch on fire too. So I'm like, I'd rather tuck it in and be extra safe with that. <laughs> The fact that you just casually said, yeah, in case you catch on fire, you don't want your hair to catch on fire too. (laughs) Very casual. Okay. That's probably, I think that my worst worry when I'm out on the field is, I don't know, that I'll get thrown out stealing a base. Not that I'll have to, or maybe that I'll run into the fence, but not catching on fire. That's intense, Tony. <laughs> what would you say? I want to, I can't wait for this one. Is your most embarrassing moment that you've had while competing or practicing? And what did it teach you? I've had an embarrassing moment. <laughs> I don't want to share it, but okay. I'll just say it. So well, it didn't really teach me anything to be honest. It kind of made me but like a lot of people, be, I don't know why I'm even sharing this right now, but a lot of people say like, like the biggest question I get is like, what happens if you have to pee? Like while you're racing, I've literally like <laughs> peed at my race car before. <sighs> and it just taught me, use the restroom <laughs> before you go. But <laughs> it's like racing. But now like every time before a race, like everyone's like, are you okay? Cause I'll go to the bathroom so many times. But it's like, I just make sure that I don't have to like pee when I'm racing. So I'll just go like a million times before. But yeah, that was like a while ago, but that's like the most embarrassing thing that has probably in my entire life. I was like, nobody else knew it was like a thing, but I was like mortified. And that's the first time I've ever told anybody. BBW, thank you for sharing. That is amazing that you just pee on yourself. I was like, I was trying so hard not to. And it wasn't like while we were racing. It's like while we were waiting, like racing. Yeah, literally. So it's not like I was distracted. I was just like thinking about it. I was like, oh my God. And like, I like have like my belt done. I was like, shoot, like what do I do right now? Is it like just a huge process to get out of your uniform? So they told us like we weren't allowed to like get out. Like we had to like, we were doing like an autograph session with fans and then they had us like line up in the cars after and they're like, don't leave your car. And I was like, I won't leave my car like but I like had to pee so bad and I thought I could hold it but they were taking so long and it was just the situation I like, <laughs> just happened and it had to be handled <laughs> right I was like okay <laughs> did anyone know could anyone smell or it was just like ah, oh, you just know you just no, like, I, I just knew thank god nobody else knew oh my god <laughs> but like my my poor dad had to clean my seat out <laughs> 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 but this was like one 
my dad on my race car, if I did it with like one of these like big teams I'm with now, like in the NASCAR world, I would be like, oh my gosh. But yeah, thankfully it was when I was like driving with my friend, my dad. So it wasn't like, I just peed and like my team owners, like car or something like that. <laughs> I feel like it would make me clean that, but yeah, so gross. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. I do, you know, before going to play, sometimes you yeah. can't, or even when I'm diving, sometimes making a diving catch, like landing on the ground so hard, a little bit will trickle yeah, out. <laughs> and you just have to keep moving. Like in softball, yeah. we'll have games back to back to back to back. So sometimes you can't change until literally yeah. the end of the day. So I'm just hoping that everyone else just stinks and they don't, you know, they can't yeah, determine if it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, you being a stud, a superstar race car driver where did your love for race cars even come from how did you decide you wanted to become a driver yeah so like my dad was always like super passionate about like race cars and racing and like honestly I I didn't really realize like how passionate he was about it until like I got older and like I kind of like was like hey like kind of like learn more about like his passions and stuff like when I first started I was a kid and like he told me one day like hey like want to go like try go-karting I was like yeah sure But yeah, then I learned that like my dad and his brother used to race a little bit when they were younger, just like super like low key stuff. His parents weren't supportive of it. So I think he kind of like introduced me and my sister to it just because like it was something he was passionate about. But I don't think he expected us to be nearly as passionate as we ended up being. And like I told my dad, I was like, I want to be a race car driver. And I remember he used to just kind of like laugh it off and be like, yeah, it's probably just a phase. But I was just like, this is it. I'm going to be a race car driver. So yeah, just kind of clicked the first time I was in a go-kart. Dang. When did you realize, as you said, I'm going to be a race car driver? What was that one moment? Did something happen? Did you, a feeling that you felt? When did you know that this, this is what I want to do? This is what I want to make my career? You know, like when I was a kid, like I did like my first like go-kart school, they gave me like a nickname, Hot Shoe, and they really hyped me up. So I got a big head and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can go do this. But I feel like when I like, I was like older and I was like, yeah, this is like literally like, I'm going to do this. I was probably when I got like, probably my first win. Then I was like, okay, cool. Like, I really think I can do this. I feel like once you kind of like break that barrier and get your first win, then you kind of like, it just makes other ones easier. You just get that little bit of confidence that you can do it. Yeah, probably my first win when I was like older that I like realistically was like, okay, we're going to go for it. This is it. This is what I'm doing. I remember when I first started playing softball and I got in the outfield. I'm from, so in Florida, the grass gets really dewy when it's winter. We we don't really have a winter, but when it gets colder outside and when it's even hot outside in the morning. And so I just remember when I would make my first diving play, I slid because the grass was so wet and it was like a slip and slide. And I was like, this is so fun. I absolutely love this sport. What do you feel when you're driving? What do you think in your mind as you're behind that wheel? I mean, it's definitely an adrenaline rush, but I feel like more than like, I also feel like a sense of like calmness when I'm driving, like there's adrenaline, but like, I also feel like I'm so like hyper-focused that there's just like kind of this calmness. I'm like literally not thinking about anything else. Like you can have like anything like going on, like in your, like your personal life. And like, as soon as you're in a race car and the engine's on and the green flag drops, like you're just so focused on this one thing. So it kind of like just takes you in this like, whole different like mindset I feel like I'm like a different person when I'm behind the wheel it's it's weird (laughs) you probably feel the same way when you're playing too like just kind of have to like flip a switch and kind of be like a different person in a way yes I call myself Beyonce of softball like I just switch like Sasha Fierce when I'm out on the field do you have like an alter ego did you give yourself a name when you say you feel like a different person 
someone asked me that the other day they said like the whole like Beyonce thing they're like do you have a nickname I was like no I don't I was like I need to come up with one so I need to do that (laughs) I can find somebody's mentioned it I'm like I need a little nickname oh I'm trying to think of what it could be but you're just just like double f maybe fierce and fabulous are you fierce and fast fierce or triple f Fierce, fast, and fabulous. Yes. I don't know. You think about it, but that sounds good. (laughs) I think that when you talk about having that focus and you don't even think when you're behind the wheel, have you watched that movie um, where it's on manifestation that we were talking about earlier? Ooh, no, I don't think I've seen it. Oh gosh, I can't think of the name of it, but it was amazing. So it was basically having where the guy, he, he dies and he goes yeah. up and it's about how it's the universe. You come back down, you get to choose your life and kind of finding out what life is about when you're oh. on earth. And they talk about this zone you get into in that movie. And it's people get into it when you're focused too. And it's yeah. like, you don't see or feel anything outside. And I think about yeah. when I go up to the plate, I literally, I can't hear anything. Yeah. Everything around me gets blurry. And all I can see is the picture and the ball because of how focused I am on my goal. And you say, you don't think about anything. You just see the track in front of you and you just keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have a spotter talking to me. So like, obviously like I pay attention to that communication because that's important. But yeah, I mean like the only thing like going through my mind is, you know, if there's a car in front of me, okay, how am I going to get around this car? And how am I going to win the race? Like those are like the two thoughts just like going through my mind, like at all times, pretty much. I'm so interested to hear how do you get around the cars? Because it seems like everything is so close mm-hmm. and it's going so fast. Like, what is the mentality? What is the strategy to getting past another driver? Yeah, honestly, it kind of depends on the track. And it is hard because, like, everybody's so close, like, tense, which is like literally like a blink of an eye is like how close like these cars are, which is so crazy. And obviously, everybody's trying as hard as they can. So it is like really close competition. For me, like before, like I get to a car, I'll be kind of like looking for like their weaknesses. Like if they screw up a little bit in this part of the turn, like I'll keep that in mind and be like, okay, like that's kind of like their weak spot. So I'll kind of like see like where I'm like also gaining on them. So if I'm gaining on them in like the beginning of the turn, I'm like, okay, like that's where I'm better. And you kind of like set up a pass that way, just kind of like looking at like your competitors' weaknesses and all that. But it's definitely tough, especially when you have like people behind you too trying to pass you. And if you take too long, they're going to like pass you and then like screws you up. So it's definitely a kind of crazy little situation that goes on. Gosh, I can only imagine. And just the intensity when you're behind the wheel and trying to get past the drivers. With you getting into NASCAR and becoming a driver, did you have any unforeseen struggles as you climbed the ladder to success, maybe being a woman, or as we talked about earlier, you being an Arab woman and you're in a sport where there's not a lot of people that look like you, right? I talk about softball. There's the predominantly white sport, but NASCAR is a very white sport. (laughs) Do you have any struggles navigating that at all? Honestly, like for me, like I'm just so focused on what I'm doing. And if like other people, like I know like other people have like said things or think things, but just not something that I let like cross my mind or like let bother me or like deteriorate from like what I'm doing. So it's not really something that like crosses my mind in a way. Like I know it's like going on, but it's just like, you know, I came here to race. I came here to win the race, but I just need to kind of just be focused on like what I'm doing. Like if they think what they want to think, that's kind of like their problem. Like if I'm confident, then that's what it's all about. Confidence. That is exactly what it's all about. When you talk about people saying things, what are some things that you've heard? 
no one's ever said anything to my face. I mean, social media is kind of like where it's all at. Like I'll read some like racist comments and all that kind of stuff saying like NASCAR is only for Americans and like all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to ignorance. I don't know, I think sometimes people just want to say things to get a reaction at the same time, or at least I think I try to like think that about people think that they don't actually think that, that it's just kind of like to get attention in a way and kind of troll, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, there's definitely racist comments. I mean, I rarely scroll through comments just to avoid that, especially like going into a race. Like you don't want to have like any other kind of like negative thoughts. Like we were talking about like manifestation and just having like a positive mindset, I think is really important. So just kind of like keep yourself around people that encourage you and like uplift you and like kind of stay away from all the negative stuff. You ever feel like from those different comments, because you have this, I, it's, I understand not wanting to see it, right. Just trying yeah. to avoid it or trying to move away, staying on the positives, but yeah. there's times when we just, we come across it and, you know, you kind of can feel it in the air too, vibes and different things like that. Do you ever feel like you ever have to overprove yourself or feel like you need to become something else in order for people to be receptive of you? I do think that, like, I think especially with like, you know, getting press and all that now, it's like really time to like step up. Cause I feel like people always want to like, you kind of have, have like a target on your back. If you have more, like, if you're different, you know, like you stand out a little bit more, you have a little bit more of a target on your back for hate or whatever it is. So I do feel like a little more pressure in that sense, but not like negative pressure. Like, I feel like for me, if I feel under pressure, I kind of like rise to the occasion a little bit more. Like it motivates me. Like I learned to try to like, you know, like negative comments, just use that as fuel to the fire and just kind of use it as motivation, which, you know, like wasn't easy to learn how to do. And like, obviously when I was a teenager and like a little bit more insecure, it's harder to kind of like have that mentality. But now it's like, I can like read a mean comic, get like a little upset for a second. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to go prove them wrong. You said it was how you like training your mind to think that because I'm the same way, right? I want to focus on the positives and also really think to what it is that I want to do my goal, right? And not listen to the, I call it the three P's. If you're not bringing me paper, prosperity or peace, I don't have time for it. I am trying to move forward. But how did you develop that mindset to turn those Mm -hmm. negative comments into motivation? Honestly, I think it was about who I surrounded myself with and just surrounding myself with people that uplift me and have like positive energy. And that's something that I learned a lot recently because I felt like last year and like some years before that I didn't always surround myself with people that like really uplifted me and believed in me. And this year, like I've made my circle a little bit smaller, but with people that really like encouraged me and they're by my side, like every day, just um, being like super supportive. And I honestly feel like that's helped so much because at the end of the day, like it's hard. Like you can kind of like put things behind you, but it's hard. Like if you don't have somebody being supportive and kind of like uplifting you through those little situations, like just giving yourself a little pep talk to yourself kind of like helps for a little bit, but it does help to have a good close group of friends around. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Your tribe is definitely the individuals that allow you to help you, you know, keep moving forward in the the hard days. And it's, what is it? The saying, you know, show me your friends. I'll show you who you are. Right. Uh, yeah. This yeah, is right. Surround yourself with people that are uplifting. Oh, one of my other favorite quotes are, you should never be the smartest one in your friend group, right? There should always be something that someone knows more of than you. And I think that that, oh, that's perfect advice to go by your tribe. It's definitely going to help you keep moving forward. I do want to dive a little deep if it's okay with you and just ask, like, just to be completely raw, right? You are of Lebanese descent, correct? And so- being a woman who is an Arab woman in this country that has 
truly discriminated for a large part portion, right? After 9-11, Americans were conditioned to believe a certain way or to think yeah. a certain way in regards to, to people that look different yeah. and people in from the Middle East. And so did you ever suffer any of that or your family ever suffer any of that discrimination as a cause of that? As you said, people have said, this is for Americans, right? NASCAR, yeah. has it gone even deeper than that? You know, I feel like I grew up in things like a very like diverse area, but obviously like not everywhere you go is going to be like that. And I do feel like sometimes there's been like situations where I do feel like a little discriminated against. I feel like when people don't understand a culture, then it's easy for them to be kind of like fearful of it in a way just because they don't understand it. Like I remember one time, like I put something on like my Instagram story and it had like a song in it that was Arabic. And like, people were like, oh my God, like, why would you put that? I'm like, what? Like, it's a different language. Like, what's the issue with that? Like, that's purely ignorance to think that they're saying something bad or like offensive to your culture, just because like, you don't understand the language or what they're saying. So I do think people like can be a little bit ignorant towards that. But thankfully, like I did grow up in like a pretty diverse area to where I didn't feel like I was the only Arab. Like we did have a good variety of cultures and ethnicities at our school, which I'm really grateful for because I feel like I grew up just like understanding like different cultures and not being kind of like a little bit of a bubble. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think being able to, I feel the same way. I grew up in a very diverse area in Florida. And it's so interesting. I grew up with so many open-minded individuals of different races, of different ethnicities. And so it's crazy to think as I got older, it seems like I've met more and more closed-minded people, right? The, the young individuals were open-minded, were yeah. accepting and were defending me in situations. I can remember times when, you know, some of my white friends defended me more than I even defended myself when I was younger. And then now I feel like I have to explain myself more, right? Explain yeah. the plight of what I'm going through or what Black Americans are going through in this country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for you, do you ever feel like you have to explain or do you feel like you're able to just can, can continue to just kind of move forward and prove yourself? I always feel like actions speak like louder than words. Like I'm the type of person that I just don't love to confront things, which is also something I want to work on, like being able to like confront people about things, but I rather just go show somebody like what I can do and like go prove them wrong than like get into like this whole like conversation. Cause I feel like that just like get like a little bit toxic, especially when like, I feel like a lot of these people that are a little bit more close-minded, they're very stubborn and it's hard to, get them to kind of like open their mind and like see things differently. You could just get like, just such like a negative conversation. Like I love having conversations with people. Like, even if you have like different views, just like if you're open-minded to like what the other person's saying, like it's hard when people are closed-minded and just like stubborn. And I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's like, they just have a wall and there's nothing you can do. You take a sledgehammer, you try to blow it up. You just give them all these facts. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, those individuals that are ignorant, they're just, hidden behind that wall and never want to come out. It can definitely be super frustrating with you being a woman Mm -hmm. in pretty much an all boys club a little bit and of NASCAR. How have you had to also navigate that outside Mm -hmm. of even just, we're talking about ethnicity, navigate just being a woman in this space? Probably the biggest thing is like being taken seriously especially growing up, just, I feel like people are a little bit more mature now and there is more females in this sport than there was like 10 years ago. So I do feel like there's more females getting involved, whether it's just as being a driver or like a mechanic or pit crew, there's so many more females like involved at the sport, which is amazing. And I do feel like NASCAR is like moving towards being more progressive. 
but yeah, I mean, I feel like it is a little bit more difficult to earn respect. Like I feel like sometimes people treat me as a girl and I don't really want them to treat me as a girl. I want to be equal. I want to be treated as a driver and not have them say certain things or act a certain way or be afraid to like tell me something or, you know, whatever it is, just because they're trying to like treat me like I'm a girl. I'm like, just treat me like a driver, like everybody else. <laughs> oh, I love that you said that. Don't treat me like a girl. Don't treat me like a driver, right? I'm exactly. doing exactly what you are doing. So you can talk to me exactly the same way. It's so funny you say that. I remember after I won the gold glove, I was went to the ceremony and I'm with all the MLB players and a reporter asked me if I felt intimidated being around all these guys. Oh, and I was like, okay. what? scared by you, if anything. Right. Do you see this outfit I have on? These yeah. men are weak in the knees right now. Okay. Yeah. But I was oh just God. thinking to myself, no, absolutely not. I am here winning the same exact award that these men are winning because of my performance the same way that these guys are. And whenever you hear different things that these men are saying, what is your response? Yeah. I mean, like, I remember this one time I was on the front stretch and there was like an autograph session and the track announcer comes up to me and he goes, as a girl, like, how are you handling all this horsepower? And, (laughs) oh gosh. And like, I've never like, I don't know. I've never really had anybody like address it to me in a way like, oh, you're a girl. Like, how are you handling it? And like, it just took me like, it caught me off guard so much. And I remember like afterwards, like I wish I just like had something better to say. Like, I just felt so bad because I knew there's like little girls in the stands. It's like, man, like I really wish I had like a better response to that, but I kind of just brushed it off. And, you know, I wasn't like as direct as I would have liked to be. Um, so it's like another thing I just want to work on, like confronting people when they say stupid stuff like that. Cause there are little girls watching and like, that's gonna, if they hear that, that's going to discourage them from trying it. So I think that's definitely, you know, like making like your voice heard, I think is just so important. As you said, you are a true inspiration and not just to little girls that are getting into racing, but to so many little girls that have ever been discriminated against, right? Getting into a space where they're around a lot of people that look like them. And for you, when we talked about earlier, hearing the different comments and how you had, you grew up in a diverse area, but you know, you still are faced with ignorant people. How does it make you feel when you hear those negative comments, you hear the ignorant statements? What does it make you think immediately? Honestly, just frustrating. Like the ignorance is just so frustrating and it is definitely hard, but like reading like those positive comments that I do get from other people that look like me coming from like the same background, like it makes it all worth it. I'm like, honestly, like I rather take those mean comments and like stand up to like what I believe in and do my thing and be out there and put myself out there. If like other people are inspired by me, like I'm like, I'll just take the mean comments any day for that. Boom. To be inspired. We talked about, I can't wait to talk about this. We talked about manifestation a little bit earlier. And I read that a year ago, you told yourself that you wanted to be racing at Daytona International Speedway and bada bing, bada boom, bada bam. You did it. How did you make that happen? What is your thought process when you get into manifestation? Honestly, like everything, like as soon as I started like manifesting stuff and like having a positive mindset, it's just so crazy. Like how like toxic situations and toxic people and toxic thoughts can hold you back without you even realizing it. It's just so crazy. And like, it affects your performance as well. Like if you're happier, then I feel like good things just like come to you. If like you're genuinely happy, genuinely grateful, good things just come your way. And this whole like year honestly has been really great. And I'm like, I don't know how any of this is happening. I've just been like 
so happy. I'm like, I can't remember like the last time that I was upset, which is so crazy. Cause I feel like in the past, like I always kind of had like at least one like little mental breakdown a week, like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like all this stuff. And now I'm like, I'm just like genuinely happy. And I just feel like so much like good stuff is just coming without me even feeling like I'm like trying for it. It's just like all kind of like coming together, which is really amazing. What do you think about? Cause when I think about manifestation, I think so many people think, okay, just think positive thoughts or the power of the universe, or, you know, the power of believing in what you say, what do you think if you were to sum up your process and how you've been able to get from point A to point B and all these great things have happened, what has been your manifesting process to that? I'll set goals for myself. And I think it's deeper than just like thinking about it. Like you really just like have to believe it in you that like you can do it. Like, I think it's just like, you literally just have to tell yourself like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to do this. And then it's just like, really just like visualize it. Not just like think it just like, know like exactly like what step-by-step is going to happen. And it probably won't happen exactly in those steps, but then you're going to look back and be like, okay, like it happened in some sort of way. Like my journey to get to Daytona was nothing how I would have like imagined it to be. And it was kind of crazy, but I still got there and it's what I wanted and manifested. What you wanted and manifested from the first time you got behind the car with your dad talking about your journey to becoming a driver. What does that look like when to be able to make a career of driving? How do you get there? How do you, you know, so many leagues, right? You hear of drafts, you hear of all these different processes. What is the process for an NASCAR driver? I feel like the process is different for everybody. Um, there's so many different kind of like routes that you can take to like get to NASCAR. And there's also many different forms of motorsports. But for me, I started in go-karts and I did that for like seven years. And we traveled like all over the country, like going to go-kart races. We even went to Jamaica. So we have like a blast just like, you know, going to all these places, racing at competitive go-kart races. And then I moved up into race cars. And that's when I got introduced to doing oval track racing and just kind of like there's like a ladder system that you kind of have to just like go through and you kind of just go through it by experience wins. It's a process. And like everybody goes through it at a different rate, which is also like another thing that I've had to kind of teach myself is not comparing yourself, like your progress to somebody else's progress. Um, I think like, you know, everybody goes at their own pace. Everybody has their own path and it's important to like, keep that in mind and like not compare yourself to what anybody else is doing. That's one of my favorite things, right? I think that especially with social media, we get so into looking at someone else's progress over our own. And we could be looking at someone's page 106 and comparing it to our page two, right? We have no idea where they started and how they got there in comparison to what we're doing. I think about my own journey and different things that I've had to overcome to become a professional softball player, to become successful. You know, I think at times being a black woman in the sport where it's, as I said, predominantly white, I felt like I had to overprove myself or I had to, I had, I was on a short leash, right? Like I didn't have as many chances to be successful or to get it wrong as some of my counterparts. Do you ever feel like your journey to the top is different or was different, or you had to do more, prove more because of the way that you look, because you're an Arab woman in NASCAR? I do feel like you have to prove yourself a little bit more. I feel like if I were to like get in a wreck or like, even if something were to happen, like people point fingers to me, like it's my fault and like all this stuff. And they'll be like, Oh, she's such a bad driver from like this one little incident where it's like all these drivers wreck all the time. And they do stupid stuff all the time. which is like part of learning. So I do feel like it's a little bit easier to get like hated on and like for people 
like a lot of people just kind of like jump to conclusions. Like they'll be like, okay, like before like I've even done a race or they've even seen me race. I'm like, oh, Tony's in the race. There's going to be a big crash. It's like, okay, well, you haven't even seen me drive. You're jumping to conclusions. Whereas like I see like, you know, that doesn't happen to like my competitors. Um, so do you feel like you have to prove yourself a little bit more for sure? Well, girl, you are doing it. You are proving yourself every single day. You are changing the narrative of it is what it is to it is what I make it. That's what you're doing. That's what the amazing women that I speak to. I'm just so excited to talk to all of you because you're genuinely not accepting the status quo, not accepting that this is what it is mindset. It is what I want it to be. And that's exactly what you're proving. And I want to know from your process to prove that, what was one moment that someone doubted you or told you what you could or couldn't do and you proved them wrong, girl? Honestly, I've had like in general, like a lot of people say like, you're never going to really become a race car driver. Like when I was like in go-karts and stuff, they'd be like, you're never going to make it. And like now it's just like so crazy to see like some of like my school friends and stuff like reach out to me that kind of like hated it on me like a little bit before. And now they're like, congrats. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you weren't saying that like back in the day, but I mean, thanks. So I do feel like I've gotten that like a lot because it is kind of like it kind of sounds like a fairy tale dream. Like, oh, I'm going to be a race car driver. And it is a small percent of chance that it works out. But yeah, I feel like we're kind of beating the odds. So girl, beating the odds. We are melanated and celebrated here to celebrate you and all that you achieved as we said earlier tony made history this beautiful girl made history as the first arab american female driver to compete in a nascar national series again also 19 time united states auto club race winner with you and all of your amazing achievements you went actually on ellen to talk more about the race and how your goal when you were going to Daytona was just to come in the top 20. And you finished 18th, but you said that you were in the top 10 at one point and like something happened. What was that something? So Daytona was like such a big learning experience for me because I've never been on a track that big before. So the car totally changes. And like, I don't really have much experience in this car anyways. And we got like limited practice due to COVID. So I really didn't know what the car was going to do until I was in the race, like actually doing it. Basically, when I got up into 10th, like with racing, like on these big tracks, like aerodynamics come into play a lot. And that's why you'll see a lot of cars drafting at these big tracks, like staying in like these big packs, like really close together, because it just makes all the difference. Like you'll be so much faster if you're drafting with somebody. So basically, like when that happens, the car totally changes And you have to kind of like gauge like how much brake you're using at Daytona. You're flat out. You're never getting off the throttle pedal. So use like a little bit of brake just to kind of like modulate how fast you're coming up on somebody. So I just use like ice here, like the smallest bit of too much brake. I lost the draft. And then pretty much like once you lose the draft, you're kind of like screwed and it's hard to get it back. So I just like, I literally just like dropped like a rock and I like couldn't do anything. I was full throttle and I was just sitting there. I was like, no. And I was just like falling back and it's, It's hard. It's like definitely there's a whole new technique that I have to learn when racing on these big tracks, but it was a learning experience. And next time when I go to Talladega, I'm like, now I know I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to kind of like use a little bit less brakes and be more kind of like cautious about like my technique in that sense. I always talk about, even though I don't feel like this was a fail for you by any matter of the word, but I say fail, F-I-F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. And now you know, right, with Daytona to move on to Talladega that you're going to kill it. You talked about how 
Daytona is notorious for crashing. Yeah. I want to know, how do you not get nervous? How are you just so even kill when you're behind the wheel driving? You just, you never think about that you could crash. How does that even work? Honestly, it just, <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't like concern me in a way. Like I remember at the Daytona test, it was my first time ever going around Daytona and it was like my second session out and I blew left rear, which I've never even blown a tire before. And I did it going like 180 miles per hour. And like, I somehow saved it and like, didn't hit the wall. And it was like this whole like thing. And I just like went on the radio and I told my team, I was like, Hey, like, I think we just blew left rear. And like afterwards they're like, how were you so calm? Like what? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was just like focused. I was like, in my mind, I was like, Oh my God. And, like, as soon as like, I got like the car stopped and everything, I, I said like a little swear word, but I was like pretty calm. Like I feel like once you get kind of like in that ultra focus zone and like that mindset, you don't get nervous in a sense. It's more just like when you get like approached with like a challenge or whatever, it's like, okay, step up to the plate. Hey, use a little softball reference there, girl. (laughs) Step up to the plate. You talked about earlier about, okay, well, you know, if the car catches on fire, just want to make sure my hair doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was so crazy. Has your car ever caught on fire? And how often does that happen? Ooh, I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm okay. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. (laughs) You know what I'm gonna say? Hasn't happened to me, but it's funny because actually it's not funny. But I was telling my friends the other day that like my suits like have a rating on it, and like the number basically says like how many like seconds you have until you get like a second degree burn. (sighs) Isn't funny, but they're like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, like I have like 10 seconds. They're like, (laughs) yeah. It's like it just like doesn't like I feel like they've came like so far in like safety in the sport kind of feel like you know like you're gonna be good and for the most part like when drivers do get in big wrecks for the most part they're pretty good but yeah I think it's also just kind of like I'm more concerned for my car than myself like if I'm getting in a crash I'm like no my car not like oh my gosh I'm scared for myself (laughs) yeah you're probably like what (laughs) what is wrong with her (laughs) wait I'm so I'm so stuck on the you're about to get a second degree burn like where does from what if you were to like catch on fire oh, and like okay. you know, there's like oil and like gas and like all this stuff it's like easy for it to be kind of like intense at times like if somebody catches on fire but yeah and then like you have like you're like buckled in so if there's like smoke and stuff you have to like get out and it's just it's a process and sometimes like the windows are small and like have to like squeeze out because like we don't have doors so it's just like yeah <laughs> oh my gosh and this never that's amazing that it never crosses your mind I guess it's kind of like I imagine people that do skydiving, you know, every single day they jump out. It's like, oh, okay, I could dive, die, but they just never think about it. (laughs) First of all, that feels like the biggest adrenaline rush. Are you an adrenaline junkie? Is this kind of how this even started? I wouldn't consider myself an adrenaline junkie because I'm so scared of roller coasters. And I feel like every (gasps) adrenaline junkie, right? And I was like, every adrenaline junkie loves roller coasters. And I'm terrified. I will literally, like, I can't help myself. Like, I'm such a baby, but I will literally cry. I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. But I'll have tears coming down my face. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I don't think I'm an adrenaline junkie because of that. But I think I'm just, like, competitive and, like, racing. I just kind of got, like, addicted to it. And I was like, okay, this is something that's competitive. And I don't know, I think it's more of me just being kind of competitive and like kind of being stubborn about like, I knew how hard it was going to be to kind of like get to the top level. And I kind of, I like a good challenge. And you made it. When I think about, or how you just talk about, you know, how you love it and what it is that you love about it. I know you say you're super focused when you're in there, but why do you love it? 
what it, what does it make you feel like? What does driving, what rush or feeling does it give you that makes you addicted to it, as you said? Obviously, it's like a team effort, but you get like a sense of independence when you're in the car, like you're controlling the car. And I feel like it's kind of like you just feel like you're in control. I feel like everybody kind of has like a shot to win the race. So I kind of like that. It's like anybody's game, like anybody can have it. The race is like pretty unpredictable. Like you don't know who's going to wreck, you know what's going to happen. Every race is just so eventful. There's never like a race that is similar to another race. Like there's always just like something happening, always some like new issue or some crash and all this stuff. And yeah, I just like how every weekend is just like a different race. And it just, it's just like addicting. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm just like obsessed. No, I, I completely understand. Like going in, just never knowing the outcome because everything is always so different. I think in some sports, you know, it kind of, things get routine, right? The end result may be different, but it feels like a routine. And I imagine with driving every time, it's completely different. When you stepped out and competed in Daytona and made history, did you think that you were making history? Did you know, what was your initial thoughts when you realized this is the first time an Arab American female was racing here and it's me. I'm the one breaking this barrier. Barry breaker alert, by the way, breaking this barrier. When I originally found out that I was going to do Daytona and do that race, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like when I found out that I was the first female Arab American to race in NASCAR, I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was kind of like almost like disappointed in a way that nobody like came before me. But I mean, also I'm excited. That was the first one. I just want to like pave the way for other people behind me. I always say like, it's cool to be the first, but I want to be the last. Like I want to have other people come up um, behind me. But yeah, it definitely wasn't something that I like intentionally set out to do, but it's cool that it happened for sure. Yes. It's amazing that it happened. Being able to knock down that barrier again, to allow so many girls that look up to you and so many to come after you to feel like they can do the same. What for the little girls that got to watch you and now are inspired by you and now feel like they can do it too, because of you, what would you say to them? If you had an opportunity to talk to them? It sounds so cliche, but chase your dreams. And I always thought that was just like a, such like a cliche thing. I'm like, really? Like, is it going to happen? But like, literally I swear, like if you chase your dreams, you work hard, like don't let anybody knock you down. If you do get knocked down, get back up and like come back even stronger and just go after it. Don't give up. Like, I just feel like if you work hard and you set your mind to something, you can do it. Boom. Work hard, set your mind to something. You can do it. And all the difficulties that you've had to navigate through with making career and driving what would be some advice that you would tell a young girl that is moving into wanting to do exactly what you would do about what she's going to face and how she can take it on head first? Yeah, I would say with racing, you know, there's different steps, like get to the top and just don't feel like you have to like rush through it and just like take in the moment, like at each level and just learn from everything that you do. And like I said before, like don't compare yourself to other people and like what other people are doing really just focus on yourself, focus on your race craft, focus on like what you want to get done and what you want to achieve. And really just don't worry about anybody else. You're the one in the race car. You're the one behind the wheel. Kind of like basically your race, like whatever anybody else does shouldn't really affect what you're doing. You are the main character in this exactly, movie. Exactly. <laughs> character. Tony, what are you most proud of? With all that you've accomplished thus far, what do you look back and say, wow, I am so proud of myself for this? You know, there's like racing achievements that I'm proud of, but I think like the biggest, it sounds corny, but the biggest thing that I'm proud of is just being able to like inspire other people. Cause honestly, if somebody told me like a couple years ago, like, oh, you're going to inspire like all these people, like I would have been like, 
really like I don't know if that's actually gonna happen but it's just so crazy just like reading like through dms and stuff of like people say like the sweetest things I'm like oh my gosh like they tell me that they're inspired by me but I'm like seriously like inspires me to read those messages just like keep going and pushing forward like when I'm out there like obviously I want to win for myself and win for my team but like I want to win for like all my supporters and all the people that are being inspired by me I just want to like pave the way for them and kind of be like yeah come on guys let's let's do it. You can do it. And just kind of like inspire people. Cause I feel like I'm don't just have to inspire people in racing. It's just like in general, like in life, like chase your dreams. I feel like that goes for literally every single person. If you have a dream, literally just like chase and just kind of have like a story in that sense. I completely agree. Seeing those DMs and people saying how I've made an impact on their lives. It like, it could bring me to yeah. tears sometimes. I'm just yeah. like, it's just <laughs> the best thing ever. It really is. And as, as we continue to move forward in our careers for you, where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully like in the cup series, I would like to run like my first race in the cup series in five years. And I also don't want to like rush through the ladder system. Like I want to achieve something at each level and not just move up to move up. I want to feel like I'm going to be competitive at each level. When I do get to the top level of NASCAR, I don't want to just like be running there. I want to be able to win races and feel confident about winning races. So if I can get there in five years, then amazing. But if I need more than that, I'm like, I'm going to take more than that. I just want to be able to be confident and achieve things at each level that I go through. I love that. One of my favorite quotes is to get anywhere fast, you got to go slow. And as you're talking about achieving things at each level, never, because if you rush to the end, you have to learn as soon as you get to the end, rather than learning on your process to then just soar when you get to the end. Is that kind of how you think about it? Uh, Exactly. Yeah. Like I feel like for me, I'm not like a patient person. And the biggest thing that people tell me is like, patience, patience, patience. I'm like, why? But when you're (laughs) patient and you look back, it's like, okay, that's why I had to be patient. (laughs) Yes. What is your, I think we all have one. So what is your, I wish I knew then what I know now. I wish I knew how far a positive mindset could take me. Cause I felt like before, like I always was a little more, I wasn't like an optimistic person. I used to say like, I was like realistic, but I was honestly kind of like negative. I feel like, and almost kind of like so hard on myself to where I was like talking like down to myself and being negative, not really like giving myself actual pointers after race. It's more like negative, like, okay, you screwed up on this instead of being like, okay, well, next time you're going to do this. So I feel like if I just had like a positive mindset sooner and just surrounded myself with more like positivity and just like good vibes, good energy. Things would have came together a bit faster, but also like, I don't regret anything. I feel like you kind of just like learn things, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is just having like a positive mindset and surrounding yourself. Being around like more people isn't always better than being in like a small group. That's like really like uplifting you. And I feel like that's a big thing that I learned recently too. That is so true. And I think to your point of learning from different things, right? I always say fail forward, allow it to teach you and push you forward. Last question for my girl, Tony, and how amazing she is. We talk so much about confidence. We talk so much about believing in yourself, positive thoughts. Tony, when do you feel the most confident? Probably like when I'm behind the race car, I feel like the most confident. I feel like, you know, whatever I'm doing on the track, I feel like you know, if I'm not the fastest one, well, I can make a change right now to be the fastest or make a change right now to improve. Like you can always just do something to improve on the track. And it's just like all technique. And I I just definitely feel the most powerful when I'm doing that. And I feel like the most confident, I just feel like at home in a race car. I love that. I love how you said, like, if something's not going wrong or right, I can make one decision now to make, to fix it. How do you think that translates into life? 
and just our overall day-to-day thoughts? You know, if you're not happy or if something's going a certain way, like you can do something about it. Like you can like literally wake up and be like, okay, I'm going to do this differently today or like whatever it is. Like you can, you literally have the power to just change literally everything. Like it's all in your head, which is, I think the biggest thing that I just wish I could have like enforced myself when I was younger. And like, what I want to tell other people is like, it's literally all in your head. You can literally do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, including making history including dominating, including continue to make all of your dreams come true. And Tony has been and will continue to be the example of that. She is melanated and she is here to be celebrated. Yes, ma'am. And I want to end you guys on my quote of the week. And this is going back to everything that Tony talked about today, a little bit diving into manifestation, which we were able to talk a lot about. And so the quote is, whether you believe you can or you believe you cannot, either way, you are right. So believe that you can and continue to move forward towards your goals because as Tony explained to us, you can truly achieve any and everything you want if you just believe it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And I want to let you guys all know you can find me on AJ underscore Andrews underscore. Make sure you subscribe like, download, rate, comment, call out the podcast, all amazing things. If you love, give a five-star rating because you know, you just love it. But Tony, where can we all find you? I'm on every single social media platform. Everything's my name. So if you type in Tony Breidinger to Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever, whatever your vibe is, I will be there. <laughs> whatever your vibe is, you will find Tony. Make sure you follow her to continue to be inspired. Again, all you wonderful BBWs, barrier-breaking women. We'll catch you on the next episode. Stay fabulous and keep mellow winning. Catch you BBWs later. Bye.